structure um, to not only express my faith, but to live my faith every day, because I didn't have that in my life before. So now I do still what I was taught in OSL, like reading the Bible every day and praying every day out loud and those type of things, which I never had that structure before. I thought of myself as a spiritual person, but I never knew how to express that and how to grow my faith. So OSL was an amazing experience uh, because of that. Yeah. And I remember you had said uh, one of the things I remember him mentioning, if I could, maybe this is bragging on you or whatever, but he, he, he mentioned like going to work and you said like oh, people who don't even know you're going to church or people who don't even know necessarily anything about your spiritual side of your life, they totally were like, dude, what, you seem different. And Yeah, I was told by a few people that they, they see a change, and a lot of people, of course, uh, think it's because, um, and it is partly because of Diana and coming into my life, of course, you know, but they don't know the spiritual side of it. And I, I didn't think there was a change or something that was visible, but a lot of people told me, you know, you seem happier, you seem more patient, you seem more this and more that. And, I mean, I was like laughing inside because I knew why. But, you know, yep. that was amazing. It's amazing how God begins to change us. And it does. It does show. But, yeah, thank you. Awesome. Go for it. What um, about you? For me, level one was also, um, it gave me a much bigger understanding of what the love of God is. I've come to love people easier, <laughs> as hard as it gets sometimes. Uh, but it's a lot easier to, to love them uh, despite everything. And then now level two it has brought me to a deeper connection. I, I, I don't think I have the words to express it, but that, that connection that I have with God and the Holy Spirit is, is brought me to, I, I don't know, it's just a deeper level that I cannot even on, um, express. But um, the whole thing so far has brought me to a... I want to share it with everybody, so I take every opportunity at work or something to say something. Even just a little verse or a little word of encouragement and a, a, a verse from the Bible, and you know, some people think I'm <laughs> too sweet. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. We like that. But I think I'm okay with better that. than being too something else, you know. <laughs> awesome. No, but um, I I just love it. I can't wait for the next level and come to more knowledge so I can, I can share with the whole world, um, especially my kids and my family. And yeah. Amen. <laughs> That's good. Thank you. Awesome. All right. All right. You guys are good. All right. I'll have my agent talk to you guys later. But, uh, yeah, it's, just, it's amazing. That's honestly what Deanna is describing. I've seen it happen all the time when your heart, the heart's flooded with the word, but also when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, just the word coming out and you want to impact other people and stuff. And so that's really, uh, their story is so encouraging, but it really, many of you have, I know, been through level one, and many of you have been growing in the Lord and seeing that same fruit, and we want to see everyone grow in that way as a church, but also in level two, uh, it's important, those of you who've done level one, it's important to go to that next level to keep those disciplines going, to keep that fire going, but also because of what we teach in level two, in terms of your covenant with God and building faith, it's important, it, it's uh to get breakthrough. And so you'll see, and I, in fact, I'll probably interview a few other people in, in future weeks throughout the summer, but like people like Carol and some others, it's, it's actually been in those two, level two and three where they've seen some of the most significant breakthroughs. And so it's important because it's a momentum issue. And so uh, anyways, I encourage you to keep going. So I think that's it, right? <laughs> Tom's not waving at me now. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, bring the baskets to collect the connect cards and the giving, and let's go ahead and pray.
So Lord, we thank you that you are our king, you are our banner, you are our provider. Lord, we thank you that we, though we live in this world, we're not of this world. Though, though uh, 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 we are uh, in America, and we thank you, Lord, for our, our government and all that. Lord, but we thank you that you are our king, and we're citizens of heaven. So you are our provider, and also, Lord, we honor you. Lord, we give to you because you are our God and king and our provider. Lord, we trust you and we obey you and we follow you, Lord. And so no other, no man and no, no uh, system gets our heart, our affection, our allegiance. No, all glory and riches and wealth and wisdom and honor and praise to Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, you're coming back soon and you're going to reign on this earth and restore justice to the nations. We praise you, Lord. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and collect that. So um, we're gonna, uh, I'm going to invite Kurt up here in just a second, but Kurt Snobley is an assistant pastor at our church and a powerful man of God, uh, and uh, he's got a good word from the Lord today, let me tell you. In fact, um, in fact he's going to, I'll just tell you right now, he's going to speak next week, and you can explain all that, but he's going to speak next week as well, so he's going to do kind of do-part thing. The reason why is because next week I get to go and speak to Forward Church, those of you who don't know what Forward Church is, it's the Chinese church that meets in our church office. That's pretty cool. It's about 50 or so people, and you know, the kids hang out in the back, and then the, 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 the main, they use that main room. Uh, it's too small for us, but it's good size for them. And so uh, they meet there, and I'm going to go and minister to them. Uh, so you've got to pray, because I've got to learn Chinese really quick. But um, listen, just pray in the spirit. But uh, <laughs> speaking in tongues. Uh, no, I'm joking. They'll, they'll probably translate for me, and I, I think I, it's, uh, that's like an English service, I think. So I'll be speaking English, and then they'll probably translate. But I look forward to that. So, but I, so Kurt and I, we prayed about it, and we felt like the Lord had a powerful word through him, and he gave me a little, uh, what do they call it? He gave me the trailer. So, uh, so I already got the trailer. But, uh, so I'm ready to receive from Kurt. You guys ready to receive from, from Kurt? Amen. The Lord has a word through him. So, Kurt, bring it. Bring the word. And uh, thank you, sir. I don't, well, good, am I on? I'm on. That's cool. Good morning, everybody. Um, <laughs> so Dave mentioned I should mention something before I start. Uh, sometimes when the Holy, S- <laughs> recently I've become really sensitive to the Holy Spirit <laughs> in the room, like when the Lord manifests himself in in a, uh, in a gathering, or just when I'm with my quiet time with the Lord, the Holy Spirit will affect me in a way that I start twitching. And I only bring this up because I'll probably do it during this message. <laughs> and I start giggling. And I just want to let you know what's going on so you don't, like, think I'm crazy. You might think I'm crazy, but whatever. But, so you just know what's going on. I don't like to bring attention to it, but you, you're going to know what's happening. So... There you go. All right, that's what that is. Um, and uh, thanks, Jen and worship team. You guys not only did a great job, but um, you heard exactly what the Lord was going to have me preach on. So Jen already took us there, which is really cool. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, so now for my message. I, if you know anything about me, um, the way I play games and stuff, you know I can be pretty competitive. I've tried to... Dave's uh, <laughs> laughing. I've tried to ease that off the last couple of years, because it's gotten bad at times, but I like to win. I mean, who doesn't? 
And I like to go for the, you know, go for the gusto. And I used to play Risk and Monopoly with my brothers. And, you know, with your siblings, that doesn't always end well. But um, it was a lot of fun, though. And it was one of those things that I learned that, you know, you put enough work, you learn the game well enough, you can do pretty good. You can improve your odds. And I found that in life... God not only wants us to improve our odds, because that's not really scriptural language, but God wants to actually cause you to win in whatever situation you're in. He wants you to be able to thrive in whatever situation you're in. And I'm really excited about this message because I believe if you would hear what the Lord would say through me this morning, you will thrive in every season. You will come to a place of victory because, you see, Jesus died on the cross. And as Jen was saying earlier, we are the most victorious people in the world. We are, we have conquered, Jesus has conquered death. We died with him. We live his life. We are the most powerful. We should be the most creative, the most uh, (laughs) supernatural, the most, not because it's uh, us or better than, it's just because God's on our side. And God, God in you is a majority. So any problem you face, God is bigger than. Any situation you have to encounter, God is greater than. Anything you have to create, he's the creator. So why can't God help us be the most excellent in the arts and music and in entertainment and movies? Why? Because God is on our side. (laughs) And so I find that in life we struggle, though, because of situations that come up. And that's really what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about suffering which brought all your guys' excitement level down once I said that. But I want to talk about actually how to, how to receive what the Lord has for you in suffering, which has been this um, thing the Lord has been teaching me over this last year. Not that I've like suffered greatly or anything, but he's been giving me wisdom about what it means to thrive in every season, what it means to um, uh, just go to that next level. And so that's my bottom line. If you don't get anything else, know that you will go to the next level, whatever season you're in. But let's talk about what that looks like. Uh, Turn to Romans 8.28, a very popular, well-known verse. But I I think it's a verse we actually know well, but we just don't know well, actually. We we know it, but we don't really internalize it. Romans 8.28, Paul writes, And we know that all things work together for good, to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Let me read that again. And we know that all things, not some things, not yesterday, not just tomorrow, but all things, work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And the love God part isn't about, you know, you earning something. It's more about you just saying, God, I give my life to you and hey, wait, I'm supposed to love you the rest of my life? I can do that. And Paul is saying here that in everything, God is working good for you. You need to know, though, God isn't causing everything in your life. And there's an important distinction. I'm not going to say I pretend to know because I don't. The origin of all the situations in your life. We live in a broken, fallen world. Some stuff come up. Some things happen because the world is broken. Um, some things happen because people are evil. Some people are just evil. Some things happen because we act evil. 
Some things happen because God's doing it. Some things happen and I don't have any idea what's going on. But this verse says no matter what's going on, God is bringing good to you in your situation. I don't believe sickness is from God. I don't believe disease is from the Lord. But even in that situation, God wants to bring good to you. You know, if someone robs or steals from you, God didn't cause that person to sin. That's just ridiculous. But in that situation, God's bringing good to you. I could tell you the devil is always working to bring bad, but I don't really care about him, so let's not. Let's talk about what God's doing. God is in every situation bringing you good. And he's so good at it that many times we've confused what God's doing with him being the originator of that situation. My car broke. My car didn't break, but let's just say my car broke. And, um, you know, and the situation works out that I get a new one. And it might not have happened if my car hadn't broken, just for um, example. Well, some people would say, God broke your car. One, I don't know that. And then two, um, he generally is not the one breaking things. <laughs> I was reading the gospel the other day. I was reading Mark. And Jesus just kept fixing things. Are you sick? Let me heal you. You got a demon? Get out, demon. Oh, um, you don't really know who you are, Peter? You think you're a sinner? You're a fisherman. Follow me. Like, everywhere he went, he just kept fixing things. I was really impressed with Jesus. You know, he... he <laughs> I was like, I would follow that guy. And, and it's really interesting to think that in everything, God wants to bring you good. What it does, though, is when I say that, for many of you, it, um, it stirs up a fence in your heart. <laughs> and I don't say that lightly, because I've been there, and I don't say that flippantly. I, I really mean that, like, for me to say God is bringing good to you in your situation sounds like a slap in the face, because you have, some of you might be in something you've, some, some of you might be in a situation that is so painful it hurts to think that God is bringing good out of that. Um, you know, for me to, I was at a friend's funeral the other day. Awesome guy. Um, he's with Jesus, and it was great. Um, and it was a good time. But if I, you know, and in that context, because we were around a lot of believers, and just because of his own life, if I said God is bringing good out of this situation, I would have probably gotten a big amen from pretty much most people there. But when someone passes away and you just, oh, God's bringing good out of this, you know, it's flippant. People need time to grieve. People need time to deal with their hurt. And I'm not saying things aren't painful. Don't get me wrong. There is real pain. Jesus knew real pain. But if I only focus on the pain, I ignore that God is doing something. And so I would encourage you this morning that as I talk about this, to just tell that loud voice in your head, be quiet right now, I'm listening. Because some of you have a loud voice in your head that's being, getting really offended by the thought that God is bringing good. And some of you have lost loved ones. Some of you, horrible things have happened to you. And, and Jesus weeps with you. And he cries with you. And God doesn't take your pain lightly. But you have to understand, we are victorious. I get excited because I've realized that no matter what is thrown at me, I come out on top. 
Well, let's talk about that. The next verse I want to look at is 2 Corinthians 3.20. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Read that again. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. That's all the time, guys. What does it mean you're going from glory to glory? Well, some of you don't even realize you got glory, and that's a whole other message, and I'm not going to go there. But when you gave your life to the Lord, He restored you to glory because He made you in His image, and He restored that, and He made you new, and you're in Christ, and Christ is glory, so if you're in Him, you've got glory. And if you're becoming more like Jesus, you're becoming more glorious. So that's what that verse means. You're going from glory to glory. In every situation, God is making you more like Jesus. That's a, that's a good word. Because if you knew how cool Jesus was, and I, you know, some of you might think that's disrespectful. I mean that in the most awesome, totally rad way possible. That God is amazing. <laughs> And he's taking you in every situation from glory to glory to glory. It's exciting. It's exciting. And then you lose your keys, which I did last weekend. And all sorts of things happen and stuff comes up and you're really tempted to quickly forget about that. Actually, let me take that back. You're not tempted to forget about that. You forget about that. Because all of a sudden, I'm beholding him, glory to glory, because remember, as I look upon him, I become like him. Glory to glory, glory to glory. Where are my keys? It's actually really funny, by the way. I will receive prayer later. I, have no, I literally walked in my house, put something in the fridge, walked out, and I have no idea where my keys are. <laughs> so feel free to intercede for me. But I believe God's bringing good. <laughs> but it's really easy when you've got a problem to... To, to, to turn, to look the other way. And this Christian walk is really important about, focus is really important. It's like driving. That's, those are nice trees. You know, you just, you just don't do that because you're going to hit something. Um, and it's really easy in suffering to forget what God is doing. So let's look at James 1, 2 through 4. We're going to read what James has to say about this. James, uh, this is Jesus' brother. My brethren, count it all joy. (laughs) Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Perfect and complete, lacking nothing. There's an end game. There's a goal. There's something God's bringing you out of this. And I used to not like this verse, I'll be quite honest. Because again, it felt flippant. It felt like, just get your attitude together and glory to God, you're going to, you know, enjoy that suffering. You know, it's, 
And I, I just thought, you know, it would mean I would be, I would be miserable, but I'd maybe be a nicer person, which being a nicer person is a good thing. Um, but what I see here is that God wants to give you not only restoration, because some of you are in situations where um, you're losing sleep, you don't have peace. Um, you might be in a situation where all of a sudden you've lost a friendship with somebody. You, you've lost your health. You, you've lost things. And we're really big at this church talking about you getting things restored. Because that's just who God is. Again, I read the Gospels. Jesus just walks into a room and he's just restoring people all over the place. It's really cool. I'm really excited. And he's restoring people all over the place. But you've got to know, God isn't about just restoration. He's about abundance. So look at the end of this verse, but let, verse 4. But let patience have his perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That meant before the trial, you were lacking something. Do you realize that? You were lacking something. And God wants to give you more than you had before. That's a good word. I don't know how to say it again, but I feel like I want to say it again. God wants to give you an upgrade. You're looking at this, you know, it's kind of like a train coming at you. And that was a bus, whatever. And <laughs> this thing's coming at you. And all you see is, I'm dying. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Um, and let's pretend no one's in this vehicle that's coming towards you. And like in one of those superhero movies, I think it was in Avengers, the Hulk, like all of a sudden this vehicle came at him and he just stopped and boom, he, he stopped it himself. And he really, you know, it's like realizing all of a sudden, wait, I have a superpower. You know, the superhero movies where the guy does something and all of a sudden realizes, I was in trouble, but now I'm Spider-Man. I can jump. I can climb on walls. Like, they, they, a lot of those guys in the superhero movies have a conflict and only realize they have a superpower after they've gone through a difficulty because all of a sudden it came out of nowhere. And in a similar way, God wants to use your conflict to give you an upgrade to take you not only from where you're at right now and to keep you from experiencing loss, but he wants to take you to a place where in every situation, because look at what verse 2 says, you will fall into various trials. It's not just, you know, spiritual trials or financial trials. or it, It's various. It's all. It's, it's all sorts. You I mean, it can be as little as someone cutting you off on the freeway or you being stuck in traffic for two hours and just... I'm in a trial right now. Or it could be something really bad, stuff I mentioned earlier. And I'm telling you, in every difficulty, God is bringing you an upgrade, which becomes really awesome because if you want to look at all the bad stuff that happens to you, it happens every day. Ha ha. Oh, wait. The reason that's exciting is because that means God is bringing you good and an upgrade in every situation, every day. That makes your relationship with God so dynamic and so much fun because no matter what comes at me today, God's doing something good. Now, it says, Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. I probably don't have to say this, but um, we forget that every trial we're in really tests our trust of God. I say we forget that because as Christians we know that. But again, if I get cut off on the freeway and I lose my temper, I'm not even thinking about God. He's not an issue at that moment in my mind. 
The Bible says no matter what trial you're going through, you're getting tempted to believe God is not good to you. Because why? This happening is happening to me, and the happening is not good. This situation is happening, and it's not good. If this situation is happening, and it's not good, but I'm in Christ, well, God must not be good. Everything you go through will force you to have to deal with that question. And that's why it's called the testing of your faith. You're, you're being required to trust God. God, I'm sick. They prayed for me. Nothing's happened. Will you still believe he's good? I've had situations where I've believed the Lord in abundance. And he hadn't come through exactly the way I wanted, or he hadn't come through yet. Am I still going to believe you're good? The cool part about this is it's kind of like, kind of like an egg. We just did Easter, so maybe that's why it's on my mind. Think of it like an egg. And um, let's say you got a hen and the eggs, she's laying on the eggs, and eventually this, these eggs are going to become little chickens, little chicks. Well, that's what kind of like the testing of faith producing perseverance is talking about. Like when, you, when, a, when a hen sits on eggs, it's trusting that those are going to become chickens. The patience is waiting until those eggs come to the fruition of what they're supposed to be. You see, so many times God is doing a bigger work in us than we even realize. And we, for lack of a better word, we poop out before it has a chance to fully form. And boom, we get the result God's wanting to do in us. That's why God's saying, wait. Be patient. Trust me in this time. Because if you will trust me, Patience, having this perfect work, will make you perfect and complete, lacking nothing. You will get your upgrade. So much so that I've heard a, a guy um, talk about this one time. He was preaching, and he said in, when he gets problems now, he gets excited. He said they're like gifts on his door. They're like presents. He'll call his friend and say, hey, I just got a problem. I'm so excited. And it looks big. It might be around for like nine months or something. This is awesome. God must be having something really cool for me in that. Like, I hear that guy. That's Graham Cook, by the way. Check him out. He's awesome. I hear people like him talk like that, and I say, that's what I want to be. I want to be a person who in every situation I'm looking at that problem coming at me, and I'm saying, bring it on. Bring on Goliath, because um, I'm going to get promotion. Actually, let's turn, turn to 1 Samuel 30. I said turn there, but I'm probably not going to read it. <laughs> um, but go ahead and turn to 1 Samuel 30, just where it is in your Bible, so you can go back and read it. Um, Dave preached out of this passage a little while ago. Oh, you know what? Before I go to 1 Samuel 30, let me go... Put a finger in 1 Samuel 30. Go back to James 1. James, James, James. James 1. James 1, 17. I think it's really that God mentions this in the verse. 
I didn't have 16, but I'll just... Not, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. God is not the author of evil. God is not the author of wickedness. God did not break the car like Dave likes to say. God fixes the car. But he's so good at bringing good out of your bad situations that we just, we just assume, oh God, you must have caused this to happen. I can tell you stuff definitely he didn't cause. And you know, maybe, what if he broke my car? I don't really care. He's going to bring good to me out of it. You know, so we, let's not get hung up on the whys because that really, he, God hardly ever will answer your why. Let me just, I, I hate to break it to you. It's just going to, just let go of the why. Ask him though, the what? What are you doing? Who are you to me in this situation? Are you, my, are you my healer? Are you my deliverer? Who are you to me in this situation? Who am I becoming in this situation? Which, God willing, I'll probably preach on next week. God willing. <laughs> you might change it. But you should be asking, what is the good God's bringing me? Not why did this happen. Because believe me, I, I felt that. I know that pain. Lord, why? But God really cares more about the what. What am I doing? <laughs> okay, now go to First Samuel 30, which I did save. You're in here. And I'm turning to it. And I, did, I said I wasn't even going to read it, but here we go. First Samuel 30. Dave preached out of this passage about three or four weeks ago. And he talked about how David responded correctly in the midst of trial. And it was an awesome message. And I was not only getting what Dave was telling me, but the Lord gave me like a download in the middle of the message. I was like, oh, God, that's good. That's so why I'm, you know, taking mental note. And to get what the Lord was doing, let me explain the story again. In 1 Samuel 30, uh, to kind of make a long story short, David is still on the run from Saul. Uh, he has a, his, him and his men are living in a village in the middle of Philistine territory. And he's told he was going to be king someday, but... Uh, it hasn't happened yet, and he's still on the run, and he's in a really bad place. Well, this day is about to go from bad to worse. He's not only in a bad place, but when he shows up to his hometown with all his, all his guys, he finds out that his hometown has been burned. All his wives, he had a few, all his wives and kids, all his men's wives and kids, everybody alive, all the things they owned have even been burned or taken. I mean, this... <laughs> You know, you ever have that day where you have a bad time driving to work, work sucks, you get back in the car, you're in traffic three hours, you get home, you have a fight with your family, like, just nothing's going right. It's one of those days, like, nothing's going right for David. But not only is nothing going right, this is, like, terrible. Everybody knows he's either gone or against him because all his men have concluded that, you know, David, you're the reason we're in this pickle, and uh, we want to stone you now. Because if you're the reason, maybe if we kill you, things will work better for us. So all the people he knows have either deserted him, been taken, or have deserted him um, just in their support. He's lost everything he owns. Uh, God has made him a promise that has been years in the waiting and hasn't come to any fruition. And it's a really, really bad day. It says his men were going to stone him, but David 
strengthened himself in the Lord. Which is a really cool verse because despite everything going on, and I don't know if David at one point questioned the Lord, what he's doing or not, but he says, God, I'm going to trust you. That's what it means to strengthen. Read the Psalms. That's what David did when he strengthened himself in the Lord. He affirmed who God was to him, and he affirmed his trust in God. You know, in Psalms he would talk about, God, you're my rock. You're my refuge. And then he did something that I think is genius, by the way. He asked God, Lord, what do you want me to do? And I think, if I remember right, he asked him specifically, should I chase after these guys? And the Lord said, go and pursue them. You will overtake them. David pursues them. He actually pursues them with half his men because like half of his guys are so tired and exhausted from the loss that they just experienced that they can't even fight. So he goes with half of his men, and he not only beats the enemy, he wipes them out, and he takes all their stuff. They're actually throwing a party because they have just raided this place. And David crashes the party, kills them all, and the Bible says he didn't lose a single thing. But it says he also got plunder. He got an upgrade. David probably didn't realize it, but when he looked at his burned village, God had given him more than anything he had lost. (laughs) And that's a good word for some of you because that is what God is doing in your situation. You've experienced loss, and God is bringing more. But you have a decision to make. Do I look at my circumstances? Do I look at my happenings? 